Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life, and you are host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 149, how to avoid the top four entrepreneurial energy traps. So today I have James Williams, my husband and business partner here with me. He's sharing some incredible content around moving through some of the top energy traps we see with business owners. He's going to share all the ways in which we leak energy and don't actually get into momentum in the way that is possible for us. He works with our clients on a daily basis, and he sees so many patterns that a lot of female business owners in particular fall into on a regular basis. So he's going to teach you how to move through them so that you have all of the energy that you need to impact the world, create financial freedom, and obviously reach your big goals. I know you're really going to love this episode because this is something that I definitely had to learn over the last few years. It really resonates with me, and I've been able to make some big shifts in my life just through this material alone. So let's go ahead and dive in. This episode was sponsored by the I Heart My Life Mastermind. The I Heart My Life Mastermind is perfect for you if you already have a business and you're looking to scale. We cover tons of different topics. We cover marketing strategy, revenue planning, team processes, everything you need in terms of mindset, high performance, really taking care of yourself as well as your business, events, publicity. We literally have seven coaches under one umbrella to support you and give you the answers to all of your burning questions. We host regular weekly workshops where you get your personal questions answered. We have retreats. You have a private Slack channel where you get to ask questions 24-7. You have an extensive resource bank that helps you put in place our cash method in your own business and much, much more. This is one of the most inventive programs around. I don't know anyone else offering the service that we provide. So if you are interested in growing your business and transforming your life, definitely book a call with us to learn more. Go to iHeartMyLifeBooking.com and learn more about the I Heart My Life Mastermind. Welcome to the show, James. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I know it's something that I've definitely been thinking a lot about this year as I'm somebody who is a bit of a workaholic. So we're going to have an honest conversation about what we see amongst ourselves as well as uh, with all the clients we work with because we see all of these things draining our clients on a regular basis. So welcome. Thank you so much. It's always it's always good to do uh, an amazing podcast with my wife and my business partner. And uh, we work very, very closely and we have different ways of thinking and ways of doing things. And that's why we're, you know, why we work together so well. And it's, it, yeah, it's always great to, to share the perspective that we've both seen with the amazing uh, entrepreneurs that we've worked with. So we can ultimately support um, those that want to make their dreams come true, um, a reality. Yeah, I love that. And I know that we're not specifically talking about female entrepreneurs on this episode, but I do know that there are many instances where you'll come downstairs after a call and you'll be like, oh, you female business owners, and you start to see certain patterns amongst the way in which we show up. And so we do work with mainly women in our company. You serve men as well. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about some of those patterns and the way in which you can utilize them for good instead of letting them you know, be those energetic traps or cause you to drain or leak energy versus have enough energy to fulfill your dreams. That's right. So I know you've broken this down into a few different points. So let's kick off with the first one. Yeah. And, and actually what I'd like to do before we start talking about the first point, I want to read out four 
points that I've taken from um, a book from a very good friend of mine, Rest, Refocus, Recharge. I want to read these four points because they will frame some of the things we're going to be talking about, if that's okay. Sure. These four points are, these comes from a book written by Greg Wells, Rest, Refocus, Recharge. And it's, it's ultimately the scientific view around this. And there's these four points he's written here, which talks about society as a whole. And so this will frame some of the stuff we're talking about. Number one, we're sacrificing our health for our wealth. Number two, we're sacrificing quality for quantity. Number three, we're sacrificing responsibility for reaction. Number four, we're sacrificing attention for distraction. And the last one, number five, we're sacrificing internal motivation for external rewards. I wanted to frame it like that because Greg in this book is talking about society as a whole. So now we're framing this around what you and I, Emily, know to be some of the most driven people on the planet, people who have these superpowers, but those superpowers sometimes threaten to take them down. So the intention of this podcast is to highlight some of the the challenges that we see and support people knowing that they don't have to sacrifice anything to be successful. In fact, the opposite is going to support them being more successful, but also being happy and healthy at the same time. So I just wanted to frame it like that so that we know, people know that the intention here is to support your success. Okay. Love it. Great. So kick us off. What's the first one? So the first challenge that entrepreneurs face from our experience, my experience, is the addiction to mental stimulation. What do I mean by that? Well, for those of you that are driven, um, goal-driven people that want to create something massive, that work hard, I want you to think for a moment how it would feel to stop working, to sit in a room without a TV on, with no phone, with no computer, with no agenda, with nothing to do, and just sit in silence. Now, when I've asked driven entrepreneurs this question, they explain to me a visceral reaction of like anxiety. The idea of, of just sitting there not doing anything feels crazy. And so they, even if they're not working, they replace working with what they think is recovery, which is oh, I'm going to watch TV or I'm going to, you know, flick through Facebook or I'm going to read a book. Um, not that these things are bad, but it's constant mental stimulation. And we've got to understand that our mind is a muscle of its of its own, right? It's constantly working and there's blood going through there. There's neurons firing. There's a lot of stuff happening in that engine. So for driven entrepreneurs, you can 10x that, the amount of energy and firing that's going on. And if we don't give that mind an, an, an option to stop working, to change its state to a more recovery-based state, then that engine is going to burn out. That engine isn't going to remember things. It isn't going to be able to grow. It isn't going to be able to become more effective and and a high-end performing brain. It's going to burn out or it's just not going to be able to get any better. So even though there is a visceral reaction, it is possible from a central nervous system perspective to teach yourself the benefits of not having to mentally stimulate yourself all the time and to recognize the benefit of quietening the mind so that it can be even more powerful. 
Yeah, I love that. And I remember somebody told me that if you think about a musician, they wouldn't be playing all the notes at once. That wouldn't sound very good. And there wouldn't be any pauses within uh, in between the notes because that also wouldn't sound very good. And that really stood out to me because sometimes we think the more notes we play or the more we add in, the more we cram into our agenda, the better. And like you said, the mind needs that time to recover, just like an engine, just like anything else that would burn out if it was overused. But we aren't really taught to think like that. I love that example. That's so beautiful. You're totally right. Um, um, Music without the breaks is just noise. And so it's such a beautiful example. I remember when I was in art school and my art teacher was, you know, she used to get us to do this exercise where we would paint the, paint the space. So we wouldn't paint the thing, you know, the plant or the, or the teapot or the, we'd paint the space. And it's the same example that without the gaps in between, um, we've just got a lot of noise. And it's the, it's, the, it's the space that really identifies the music, it identifies the art. And it's the same in our minds, the space is what makes the action more powerful, more palatable. Okay, awesome. So I'm sure everyone wants to know if space is important, how in the world do we break this addiction to mental stimulation? Great question. And I gave you a hint earlier, which is recognizing the benefit because it's no good just someone saying to you that, oh, you know, if you don't rest your mind, it's going to burn out because it won't stop the fact that, that if you are one of these people that finds it hard to switch off, to rest, to, to be in a quiet space, you're still going to get that visceral reaction and it's going to be hard. So first off, know that you're teaching yourself a new habit, a new physiological habit, which is going to take time for you to trust and fall in love with and get over those initial visceral reactions of resistance. So know that to be true and know that like any growth process, going through that uncomfortable stage is necessary to get to the comfortable restorative stage. So just know that. Secondly, schedule it. So by recognizing the benefit, like the benefit of working out, even though it's going to hurt or the benefit of eating a clean diet, even though it might be really bland and boring, you recognize the benefit, you schedule some time throughout your day to put some space in. Let's say, you know, an hour in the morning and maybe uh, 30 minutes in the middle of the afternoon and maybe an hour in the evening where you literally and you can meditate or you can literally just sit in a room and just be there. If you live by the ocean, go and stand and stare at the sea or go for a walk or do something that doesn't require solving a problem. This doesn't mean that you have to be in a comatose state. It means changing what your brain's doing from problem solving to just being, reflecting, you know, just in a quiet, calm state. And by scheduling that time in and following through, eventually that's just going to be what you do. It'll become habitual. Um, and there's, there's a concept called relative weight of duration, um, relative weight of importance and duration, which is a, is a concept that explains how habits work. The relative weight of emotional importance and the duration and the repetitiveness of us implementing that thing over a period of time is going to tell our brains to make this thing a habit, and then we will do it naturally. So like, like you, all the work you put into your business practices, this is another thing that just requires you being motivated. Um, motivated to recognize the benefit and implement it into your life. And when you do, 
you are going to not only feel less stress and feel happier and feel more connected, but your brain's going to be working better, which means you're going to get more done in less time, which will make up for the time that you're spending relaxing your mind. And you'll, you'll, your brain will actually increase its capacity. So you'll become smarter. You'll be more successful, make more money and achieve those dreams that you want to achieve faster. I love that. And I was just thinking about what happens, like the euphoria that we experience when we fall in love. And hopefully you remember that period of time that we experienced together. (laughs) And honestly, like that level of euphoria and obsession is not sustainable. And so we all know that although, you know, we have a very healthy relationship now, it's not exactly the same as it was when we first met. And I think it's so interesting to think about comparing that to our business because we expect to be like stimulated for year after year after year, moment after moment after moment. And that's not sustainable. And like you said, it'll result in burnout. And I don't think that it's even it's healthy to be operating at that state from a mental perspective or a physical perspective, obviously. And so I think it's really interesting, the expectation that we put on ourselves and the Mm -hmm. addiction that we have to that um, stimulation in our business and how we make that okay. But then in other areas, we recognize, okay, well, that's not natural. That's not normal. The body can't sustain that level of stimulation for that long. And then we kind of move on. But business seems to be a little bit different. Does that make sense? It makes that's a beautiful example. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you're right. The, the addiction to wanting to feel extreme euphoria every single day is a lack mindset because it's basically saying that what you have right now isn't enough, right? Um, and, you know, it's, it's such a beautiful example because our ability to receive um, is very closely related to our ability to recognize and receive from ourselves, right? So our ability to, to recognize and be grateful for what we have and the opportunities that we get to create for our future, we only get to recognize and feel those things if we are in a clear place, you know, a present place, not in a place that is constantly mentally requiring stimulation and, and, and this kind of frantic frustration about moving forward. Love it. All right, let's go on to number two. So number two is similar, but it, it, it's definitely worth talking about separately. And this is the negative relationship with, and I've written down more than one thing here, negative relationship with rest and recovery. So this is not just mental, but physical as well. Um, and along with that, fun and being patient. So why do I group these things together? Well, a bit like mental stimulation, the, the negative relationship with rest and recovery, this comes into play when I talk to people about, you know, their sleep or, you know, having fun at the weekends, taking some time off. There's a negative relationship with that because pe- a lot of driven entrepreneurs feel like when they're not working in their business, they're losing money. And so they feel like, oh, I will, I will stop working on my business when this money comes in or I've hit this result. Yet what we recognize in that is that if we're not resting, same with our mental stimulation, if we're not recognizing the benefit of recovery, we're actually, it's actually impossible for us to be performing at our best in our businesses, in our relationships, in our lives. So the reason why I framed that with fun and patience as well is when you're resting and recovering, it's not just sleep, which is very important, right? You know, we'll talk about sleep in a minute, 
but also recovery from a perspective of not working. So we kind of touched on this a little bit with the mental stimulation. But Emily, when we ran a retreat recently, we asked a lot of the, the entrepreneurs, you know, what do you do for fun? And it was a hard question. Most people didn't know what they liked, how they like to have fun. And I know that it's something you used to struggle with as well. You know, what did, what's fun for me? And what we uncovered was that the idea of having fun wasn't received as a productive thing that a, that a serious adult entrepreneur should be doing. So therefore, there was a negative relationship with the idea of fun. Yet what we know to be true from, from science, from, from neurology, is that our ability to have fun is actually some recovery in a living our lives. I mean, what are we here to do if we're not, if it's not to be happy, right? Um, but also what happens physiologically when we have fun is it, it, it is effectively recovering the side that is attached to achievement and, uh, and go, go, go and hustle, hustle, hustle. And it's actually producing a lot of um, stress relieving uh, chemical messages and qualities in our body that's allowing us to be happier and, and fueling us to be more effective when we go back to work. And sometimes we can even find fun in work, right? So the idea of, of having fun and having recovery and things feeling good can be a challenging um, perspective for some driven entrepreneurs. Yeah, I definitely resonate with that. And you may not like this example, but I also think about this from a marketing perspective. If you're on Instagram and you're, you know, constantly just behind your computer working like a dog, being stressed out, like none of that is not inspirational to your community. Mm -hmm. And so I also think like you having fun and being happy, that means that your brand is going to reflect that. That means that people are going to be even more inspired by you. And I know that that's not what we're talking about here. We're not looking to be motivated by external sources, but sometimes it helps for me to remember that the life I want to live is not just slogging away behind the computer, being a stress head, not actually being happy. And frankly, like I run a company called I Heart My Life. So fun <laughs> really should be a part of that whole experience. And it starts with me leading by example and not being the person who, you know, is only working 24 seven, but who's actually showing other people what's possible by living an inspiring life, which is more more than just running a business. Yeah, absolutely spot on. I think that's a great example, Emily. Um, one thing I tell my clients all of the time is that I guarantee you, if there's, if I'm talking to a client that's running their business, if there's something that's not working in your business, there's something that keeps coming up, that keeps falling apart, just keeps, you just can't get it right. I guarantee you that from a short conversation with me, I can tell you what it is that's happening in your business and how it correlates to a way that you're showing up in your life. Because the, what, what happens in your business is a direct reflection of your life, how you're showing up, your attitude, um, and you know your performance. You know you can't fake on your profile something because you think it's what people want to see. If it's not true, it won't work. So the way that we're showing up in our lives and the, the genuine happiness, vibrancy, performance that we're displaying 24-7, even when the camera's not on, will show up in your business. It will show up in the success. And any business owner that's been there, been in business long enough, 
if they track their results and the good times and the less so good times, I guarantee there'll be some correlation with how they were feeling and how they were showing up during those good times compared to when things were challenging. Yeah, it's so funny. I remember one of our mastermind students, I think it was on the last retreat, she said to you, or maybe it was to me, she said, you know, it's so interesting. Every time I have more fun in my life, I make more money. And you were just kind of like, duh, <laughs> we know why, you know, why that happens. And, yeah. um, you know, why there's such a there's a direct uh, correlation there. Mm-hmm. But it's not an obvious thing for people, because we've been taught that working harder equals more success. Well, I mean, that's what we've got to be careful. Like, you do have to work hard, but but how would you perceive the word working hard? Like, you can have fun and work hard, right? True. I've seen you, Emily, like, like in cloud on cloud nine, working hard. But there are there are times where you see people who they're continuing to hustle through when actually everything in their body and their brain is saying, "Please take a break," because I'm currently making mistakes. I'm getting things wrong. I'm missing deadlines, and I'm talking to my team in a bad way. So I don't necessarily, the word, the phrase working hard is open for, for perspective, but I think that the, I think what you're saying is that there's this myth that you have to be stressed to be successful. Exactly. And I think one of the things that really helped me was correlating this element of how, um, just important and crucial rest and recovery is to athletes and really starting to think of myself like an athlete because running a business is a marathon. It's not a race. And so I don't want to be this one hit wonder, essentially, that's really strong in business, having a lot of success impacting the world one year, and then I crash and burn. And so when I started to think about myself in that way and actually tied my results and my success to the amount of recovery and rest that I get and start to give myself permission to actually do that and to have fun and to take the time that I need to decompress in order to be more successful. Like when I really correlated those things in my mind, everything started to shift. Yeah, they did. And you, and things became easier for you as well, didn't they? Yeah. And so if somebody's in that place of feeling really negative about rest and recovery, not sure, not sure how to actually transform their thinking around that, what do you recommend? So I'm going to make it really easy. And this, this, this is the great thing about this podcast. It's the same thing again. First thing we do is you recognize the benefit, okay? If we're going to be motivated to take any action, motivation needs a motive. It's in the, it's in the word, right? You need a motive. You need a why. You need to understand, well, what is the benefit of me putting in place this, this recovery time, this fun time um, for my life and my business, Um, and we've just told you all the answers to that. And then, you know, by recognizing that you can now schedule in your days ample time to get the rest and recovery. And that starts simply with sleep. You know, you have to understand that your business is won and lost in the quality of your sleep, because if you're not getting adequate sleep, it is impossible for you to perform at the level required to be successful in business, period. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Makes total sense. All right, let's go on to number three. I love this one. So number three, and we, we touched on it just now, is a lot of entrepreneurs driven people are motivated by fear, pain and stress rather than opportunity, benefit and, and passion. And that's that is very t- closely related to what we've been talking about, that there's, a, there's this story that is in their minds that if I'm not stressed, 
if it, if on you know if I'm a Monday to Friday person, if by Friday I, I I'm not craving a glass of wine or a beer, then I haven't worked hard enough. And that's so interesting to me. And yes, fear and pain and stress are motivators, but here's the here's the challenge. If we even look at you know dictators in the world, yes, you can you can rule by fear, you can rule by threat of pain and stress. But the moment that human beings have the opportunity to, es- to escape from fear and pain and stress, they do. That's not a recipe for a sustainable business. Because if you're motivated by fear, A, you're going to burn out. B, any opportunity for you to escape that, even if it's not in benefit, if it's not going to be good for your business, you'll escape it because it'll just get too much. Imagine instead that your motivator was opportunity right? That if something doesn't work, you're an optimist and you go, oh, that didn't work. What can I learn and leverage to make the next thing even better? Being an optimist, being motivated by opportunity and benefit will actually energize you to be a higher performer. Motivation by fear drains you of energy and, and means that you have to then run off adrenaline, right? When we're running on adrenaline, that's what causes burnout then you're not capable of running your business. It's also interesting from a mindset perspective, like we already talked about the abundance mindset. When you're focused on that fear and the negativity and the stress, that's what you're seeing. That's what's in your vantage point. And we talk about this a lot with money. When we think about debt, when we think about lack, when we think about not having enough, well, guess what? That's what you get more of because that's what you're focused on. So I really love thinking about this as shifting your perspective as well. Yeah, that's a, it's so, so important. It is a shift of perspective. In fact, I've got a quote here. um, So one of my favorite books, As a Man Thinketh, I've got a quote here uh, adapted from Ralph uh, Waldo Emerson. Very simple. And it just says, as you think, so you are. As you are, so you act. As you act, so you attract. Mm, Beautiful. Love it. You got to think, what's motivating you? Because what you're motivated by is what you're going to bring in to your life and your business. If you're motivated by fear, pain, and stress, guess what you're going to be getting in the mail? Fear, pain, and stress. So I guess the next question is, how do we how do we change this, Emily, right? Is that what you were going to ask me? <laughs> exactly. You read my mind. Okay. So we recognize this first by understanding what we've just talked about. Understanding, A, we don't need to feel fear, pain, and stress. We don't need to. We will. And we can accept those things, right? We're human beings. We're not, we're not living in like cloud cuckoo land where we, we're all, everything's perfect and fluffy. We will feel fear. We will feel pain. We will feel stress. But we want to focus on, on a mindset that is going to fuel us so that if fear, pain, and stress come in, we have an armory of bandwidth to deal with it and respond to it. So instead of thinking about you know, all the bad things that could happen if you don't do something, instead of being fearful of the stress that may happen if you don't take action, we flip that. And we talk about what are the things that could happen if you were to take action? What are all the benefits? And even if something doesn't work out, what's the benefit of the lesson of the lesson that you'll learn when something doesn't work out? So trying to, and this is a, this comes from a conscious language perspective as well as just understanding this conceptually. Think about how you're even talking to yourself about your success, right? Are you, 
are you talking about what you don't want in life or are you talking about what you do want? Quite often I'll be, people don't even know they're doing it. I'll be asking them, you know, what do you see for your, you know, what are you aiming for, for the, for next year? And they say, well, I, you know, I really don't want to uh, have to be working in this other job. And I really don't want to um, be struggling for my rent. And I really don't want, you know, to fail anymore. And I said, but what do you want? And they just, and they, they look at me, oh, well, you know, I want to be successful and I, I want to, you know, have my own business and have time freedom. And, and I want to be able to support loads of amazing people in this area of business that I, that I run. And I, I want to be able to give freedom to my life and my family. And once they start talking about the things that they actually want, the smile comes on their face and their energy lifts. And we realize that by focusing on what you want and what you're passionate about, what you're doing is you're fueling yourself with the energy and the performance that it takes to make those things happen. Rather than what happens when you motivate yourself through fear, it's like walking you know, uphill in, in the sand. You're making it harder for yourself. So give yourself the gift of allowing yourself to get excited by what you envision the best case scenario being and allow what happens to happen. Yeah, that's so important because we're a magnet. And again, if we're focused on the thing that we don't want, then that's what we're going to be drawn to and what we're going to bring in. Love it. All right. The fourth one. So this is one of my favorites. And I think we're going to have a lot to dialogue around with this one. So tell us what it is. So one of the superpowers of driven people is their ability to think big, right? And you're one of the best at that, Emily. To think big, to, to envision a future that isn't limited by what, um, you know, what anyone else thinks is possible for us, right? Which is a wonderful superpower and it's really important. Um, the ch- there's a challenge with this. Now, I'm going to frame this by talking about a, um, the way that I think of this in my mind because I'm a very visual person. I imagine in our minds we have three rooms. We have our past habitual library, which is where we, we go back and we remember all the things we've done, all the things that have happened in our lives, okay? It's also where we stack things like our confidence and our competence and, and our self-esteem. It's all of the life that's built us to the pe- person that we are and the recognition of what we've been doing. We also have a room called the future room. This is where I imagine there being loads of easels and loads of um, mood boards. And this is where we design our future. We think about all the things we want to do. Sometimes we think about all the things we're scared of happening. Sometimes we think about all the things we hope will happen. But it's basically our vision of the possibilities, the timelines that exist for us in our future. And then there's the present room. This is where you and I are right now. It's what actually exists. Now, those two other rooms, the past and the future, they don't exist. And if we spend too much time in either of those rooms, we're not in the only room where we can actually take action and be successful. Now, the superpower that visionaries have to look into the future and plan these amazing you know, things they want to accomplish, the challenge is they spend too much time there. And when you spend too much time in a room that, that, is, that doesn't actually exist, right? it's 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 a vision of the future. It's not time that exists. When you spend too much time in a room like that and you're building up lists of things to do, 
you're not in the room where you can make them happen. So all you're seeing is all the things that can happen, good and bad. And what happens? You get anxiety, you get impatient, and you get overwhelmed because you're surrounded by things you can't take any action on because you're not in the present room. You're in the future room and the future doesn't exist yet. So if we think about how we balance our time, when we're in the present room and we actually we actually can, like a piece of like rubber, we can stretch into the future and see what needs to be done and see what we're visioning, but recognize that until we you know, reset to our, our set point, which is here in the present, we're not going to get anything done. And when we are in the present, we recognize, oh, in this moment, there's actually very, very few things that I actually need to and can do to progress. And when I'm in that state, it's actually very relaxing. It's very focused. But we need to control how much we access those other rooms if we are going to actually be focused, present, happy, and making decisions that are serving us not only physiologically and psychologically, but serving what happens in that future room. Yeah, this is so good. And I know in my book, I talk about this a lot because you know, we work with a lot of dreamers, which I absolutely love, but so often people are so far off in the future and they spend so much time there that they don't actually take action in the present moment. And it makes them feel really good to consider themselves a big dreamer and have this big vision and have these goals, but then they're not actually doing anything in the present moment. And I see so many people living in that place. And obviously I see people living in the past and using their past to you know, be the reason why they can't move forward right now. So I love the visual of how you explain it. And I love how you said, you know, it's not black or white here. Obviously, as visionaries, we do need to go to the future room in order to figure out what the vision is, but we need to come back and spend the majority of our time in the present moment. Correct. Yeah. I love that. Is there anything else that would support people who are maybe living in the past or the or the future to be able to be more in the present? Yeah, I mean, let's just start really, really simply. And that is recognizing that if you're a visionary that that understands what it feels like to be overwhelmed, to feel stressed, to feel impatient, to feel a bit anxious, um, to, you know, see all those checklists and all those things that are going to do and wonder always why it's not happening now. If that's you, then I want you to just recognize that Understanding how to be more present not only is going to support you in taking the right action when it needs to be taken and be more successful, but also from a health perspective and a relationship perspective, you're going to be able to access more of that joy and fun that we talked about earlier. You're going to be able to um, understand what it feels like not to be mentally stimulated, as we talked about earlier. You're also going to be able to access the present feeling of gratitude for what you have, what you're excited to create, and that you have actually a lot of time to do it because time is very subjective. You can make the time that you need to move forward because really that's just a conversation of productivity, right? Taking action rather than sitting and procrastinating or spending too much time in one of those rooms. 
Yeah, that's such a good reminder. I think so often we as business owners, we feel like we're running out of time, which then creates that fear and that stress. And then we think about the future and everything we want to achieve. And then the present moment feels like it's not happening fast enough. And it's just, uh, it's exhausting. And and like we said at the beginning, and, and this is how we kind of came up with the title of today's episode, we're basically leaking energy and we're not our full selves and able to give to our mission in the way that we could if we released all of these energetic traps. Yeah, spot on. So I want to make sure that everyone also understands that if you're experiencing any of these four things, the reason why we were able to create a whole episode around this is because it's totally normal, but we want to support you in becoming extraordinary. This is not the way that the majority of the world thinks. This is not the way that even a lot of business owners think. So if you're here listening to this, my encouragement to you would be to pick one of these four things and really focus on making the shift today. And know that it's not an overnight thing because you've been programmed and you've been operating in a certain way for decades, but you can take some some really important steps towards freeing yourself from these energetic traps immediately. And you can start to shift your focus into feeling good, into rest and recovery, into having a bit of white space. And James, I know that you always talk about this. Like we don't need to start with having a, a full day off, even just sprinkling in on your calendar 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it is can make a huge difference. Yeah, right. This is this is what I'd call a dial, not a switch, right? You know, just commit to um, a, the smallest, simplest step towards living a more present, you know, rest-focused, performance-focused life. And then you just turn that dial up a little bit every day. If you can improve by 1% a day on these points, the end of the month, you've, you've increased by 30%. Oh, I love that example. Yeah. And if you're anything like me, which I know many people are, just remember all of these things, they're going to contribute to you being more successful. So although it might feel challenging, remember, you're headed in the direction of what it is that you actually want. And it might not be natural to think about rest and recovery equaling more money or more impact. But that's how we want to start to retrain the mind and um, start to pair those two things together. Thank you so much, James, for your time and your expertise. I always love our conversations and you're such an asset to all of our clients. So I love bringing you on the show to share all of this with our amazing listeners. I hope you love today's episode. James is an incredible coach and he's in all of our programs at I Heart My Life. He has a gift for you as well. So if you want to download his Master Your Busy Mind audio, it actually walks you through his three-room theory that he started to cover on today's episode. So go to bit.ly, Master Busy Mind. We'll also include this in the show notes to download that meditation and audio, and you'll receive incredible information about how to move through the past, move out of the future, and live in that present moment where you can get more done in less time and obviously stop leaking all of that energy. And if you want to know about working with James within our programs at I Heart My Life or even one-on-one, you can go to iheartmylifebooking.com, schedule a call with our clarity coaches, and get all the information that you're craving. And I'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the I Heart My Life show. 
We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the I Heart My Life show. Take a second and leave a review. It would mean so much to us and we read all of them. And for further inspiration and life and business tips about creating a life that you love and achieving massive success, definitely follow us at I Heart My Life on Instagram and at I Heart My Life Now on Facebook. See you next time.